Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Good morning, C3 family. Uh, it's Mother's Day. So excited that you could join us. And uh, as you've already seen, we just want to give big tributes to our moms out there uh, on this great day to celebrate them. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, my name is Melissa Swatsky, and uh, I just get the complete privilege to share a little bit this morning um, in regards to Mother's Day. But uh, more what's on my heart in regards to uh, legacy and generational blessing and uh, passing that on. Uh, yeah, I've been involved with this church for a number of years and uh, really just love this family. And I trust today that as you lean in, that you'll be able to uh, take something with you and uh, apply it to your lives today as we uh, celebrate our moms and as we listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us in this season. And uh, yeah, especially in regards to legacy and passing on those things that God has given to us, we all have something to pass on. And uh, what is the impact of our lives on other people, whether you're a mom or not, uh, whether you influence your children, whether you influence your friends' children, the generations behind us. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the generations that went ahead of us, uh, that went ahead of me. I think of my parents and I think of what they have uh, contributed and how they have instilled things in me that I am able now to uh, move forward and to continue on in that. Uh, we all come from a family of origin and we all have something that we can uh, bring to the next generation. I just wanna share a little bit from my story um, of growing up and just how much my parents and my mom specifically influenced me in my relationship with the Lord, which is such a key and uh, the most important relationship we can have in life. Uh, my parents were first generations Christians and I am so uh, privileged and blessed to have been raised by them um, after they had made that decision to follow Christ. Uh, both of them came from pretty tumultuous backgrounds. Uh, both uh, parents had uh, been separated, divorced, uh, both situations. There was alcoholism, there was abusive situations, uh, just unhealthy environments. And uh, when my parents met, they came in to um, a relationship um, with each other without Christ at the center. But in that journey, God was calling them. God was reaching out to them. And, uh, you know, a few kids later, before I was the fourth to arrive, uh, my parents made that decision to follow Christ and to put him at the center of their lives. And uh, in that, it also helped them start to restore and start to heal past wounds and hurts so that they in turn could pass on more of a whole and uh, just a, a healing environment, a loving environment where they had suffered uh, different situations that made that difficult for them to experience love. I know that one of the things that I know from my mom's uh, testimony to me was more about what she did more than what she said. Uh, they, 
they really understood how to walk with genuine uh, faith and genuine commitment and their testimony to me as a child growing up in that home was more about watching them walk out their faith. So I would just encourage you today, wherever you're at uh, in your family, that your walk speaks more than your talk. Um, that is really what kids, what the next generation is looking for. They're looking for uh, just the real deal. And I know for me in walking um, with my parents and seeing that, it's been watching their lives unfold. Was it perfect? No. Did they have all the answers? Absolutely not. Um, are there things that still come up and need to be worked through? For sure. Uh, you don't heal overnight. It's a process. It's a journey. And I'm just so grateful that um, I can continue on in that journey because of the foundation that my parents laid. Uh, things that I saw my mom do that influenced me so greatly was seeing her take time, um, usually in the morning, sometime, maybe not super early, but at some point, uh, sitting and reading the Word of God and just spending time with the Lord that way and reading. Uh, what does he have to say to her? That was such a testimony to me that uh, it has encouraged me to take time every day to get in, the, in God's word, to listen to his voice, what he has to say out of the scriptures. Um, and then in prayer, seeing my mom at times be, uh, her bedroom door would be closed. And, you know, as kids, sometimes we would knock, sometimes we would uh, just, you know, barge in. But seeing her on her knees, seeing her sitting, seeing seeing her uh, pouring her heart out to God and being able to know that at that moment she was interceding. She was going to God on behalf of concerns and needs that were going on around her. And thirdly, what I saw from my mom as well is just her willingness to listen to other people's stories and to be involved in other people's lives. Uh, we often had different friends and uh, people coming through that would either stay at our house or join us for a meal. And to see them sit together and talk about the things of God and to share uh, their story and encourage others was always such an, an encouragement to me. And oftentimes I would just sit on the outside and listen into what the adults were talking about. But just to know that my mom just opened up her home and she often shared um, as the years went on and got older that her dream and her vision was her family. Um, it was like God gave her that probably out of her pain, out of the broken family she came from, that she would be able to impart this vision of family. And, uh, and then to couple that with my dad's desire to serve the church, the body of Christ on their journey, and him being a pastor and uh, being able to look after the care of people in the congregations that we were part of as I grew up was just huge. And I can honestly say that some of that has rubbed off on me and, and now the journey that I'm on. And uh, I think all of us can look back and think about times that we saw uh, things in our parents that spurred us on into where we're going now. And whether that's genetically, which, you know, there's some of that for sure, but also there is um, just the things that we learn. And, uh, and I would encourage us today, especially to really honor our moms for the things that she did right. Um, you know what? No parent goes through parenting thinking that they've got it all together and we make mistakes. But, you know, just knowing that there are things that have been instilled and put into us that are, um, that are true, that are honorable, that are right. Let's just focus on that today. I want to share a little bit from the scriptures, uh, a story that just impacted me these last few weeks as I was reading my Bible. 
uh, in a year chronologically. So um, I am a little bit further than where some of you might be, but uh, just in David's life and the focus he had on generations. And I wanna read from 2 Samuel 7, verse 27 to 29. And it is right after uh, basically that they brought the Ark of the Covenant back in to, um, to Jerusalem, to their um, kingdom, to where David was setting up rule. And this, after the celebration of bringing it back in, and this was his prayer. He said, O Lord Almighty, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer because you have revealed that you will build a house for me, an eternal dynasty, for you are God. O sovereign Lord, your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to me, your servant. And now may it please you to bless me and my family so that our dynasty may continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing to your servant, O sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. And uh, I think what really spoke to me was that he had a sense that this was beyond him. And it was about uh, the furtherance of uh, his kingdom, which I'm going to go into a little bit, understanding the line of David. Um, and if you do read the word of God and you understand a little bit, we understand that Jesus is of the lineage of David. And even further back than that, uh, we're maybe familiar with the story of Ruth and how she decided to stay with Naomi, her mother-in-law, um, who was Jewish, Ruth was not, and decided to stay and married in to the Jewish line and was the great grandmother of David. And again, this is how generations flow um, blessing from one to the next to the next. And we don't know God's perfect plan. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know according to this prayer that we can hold on to. And I want to just pray that over us this morning uh, around what are we passing on to the next generation? What have we received and what can we pass on? And I want to pray that at, at this moment and read this over us to remember that it's more than even what we see in the natural world. This is an eternal blessing that God wants to give us. So let me pray this over us this morning. Verse 29 of 2 Samuel, I'm going to personalize it. And now may it please you and bless me and bless you and our families so that our dynasties, our lineages may continue forever before you, Lord. For when you grant a blessing to us, your servants, O sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. So Lord, I just pray today a blessing upon families, a blessing upon mothers, um, a blessing on the next generation, that Lord, whatever you put in us, you've asked us to carry that forward and to bring it to the next generation. I pray, Lord God, that we wouldn't take it lightly. I pray we wouldn't come under uh, the spirit of this world, but we'd come under the spirit of what your word says, your Holy Spirit that leads us in freedom, that leads us in healing and wholeness, that leads us in truth. And so that, Lord, we can pass that on and create a foundation for the next generation to build on, to go further than us and to see your kingdom come. Thank you, Father, so much that that is your plan and your desire for your people in Jesus' name. Well, there you have it. That's my little bit. And I just, uh, I'm so excited that the next person you're going to hear from is Matt Brooks. And he's been part of our C3 family for a season, uh, at least 10 years, uh, him and his beautiful wife, Brittany. And uh, he's got a, a special word to share with you. So stay tuned. Here he comes. 
Hey C3 family, Matt Brooks here. And I just wanna start off by apologizing. I'm a little bit under the weather. So if I sound stuffed up or congested, that is because I absolutely am. I'm going for my COVID test later today, but hey, it's all good. And I wanna start off by saying happy Mother's Day to all the incredible moms out there, especially my wife, Brittany my mom, Tracy, my mother-in-law, Jamie, and my other mother-in-law, Val. Thank you so, so much, ladies, for everything that you've done, everything that you will do, and uh, for everything that you are, everything that God created you to be. I am so, so grateful for you. You know, mothers are an incredibly special thing, and uh, I just want you to know that everything that you do for us is incredible. We quite literally and figuratively would not be here if it wasn't for you. So moms, thank you so much. Now I feel a little bit strange speaking on Mother's Day because I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm actually not a mother. I'm, I'm not even a lady. Uh, I'm a fella. I'm a dad. Um, but just, just in case you didn't know or just in case you didn't notice or couldn't tell, I'm a dude and I feel a little bit strange speaking on Mother's Day. But Pastor Kelly asked me to share a few thoughts about legacy and about stewardship. And we're in a series all about stewardship. And I, I feel like I do know a few things about that. I'm not an expert and I'm learning all the time, but I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. So I think it's best to start off with trying to understand what stewardship is. And for me, stewardship was easiest to understand when I thought of it as being a manager. If you're a steward, you are managing something for an owner. But it's more than just that. It's also about being a servant to that owner. See, management refers to actions, right? The things that you specifically do. But, um, but being a servant, pardon me, uh, is all about the heart. So it's being a servant manager. That's what stewardship is. So I think we have a big problem in society right now, and that problem is entitlement, um, and it comes from a lack of knowing that we have been given stuff to steward for the next generation, we've been given stuff to steward for people around us, and we've been given stuff to steward by God. And I think that if we can align our thinking around the things that we own and realizing that we actually don't own them, that they belong to God, then we have a chance to absolutely radically change our lives and this world. So my question for you this morning is what has God given you to steward? Has he given you time? Has he given you finances? Has he given you property, other possessions? Has he given you kids? What has he given you to steward? My first point is that God has made you a manager, that God has made you a steward. And uh, I'm going to be reading a couple of passages from scripture in Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30, and it's the parable of the talents. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with that, but I would encourage you to go back and read through it because it's an incredible parable. It's incredibly rich and uh, it's so, so good. So please, after you're finished today, go back and have a read and ask God what he wants to say to you uh, about these passages in scripture. So Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15, it says, the kingdom of God can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while they were gone, while he was gone, pardon me. Verse 15, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. 
then he left on his trip. So as I said, we're in this, this series, pardon me, on stewardship and Pastor Lauren kicked it off last week. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that again. It was incredible. Thank you so much, Pastor Lauren. But something that he mentioned was from Psalm 24 and it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I love that scripture and it's absolutely crucial to understand stewardship, that everything has been created by God and therefore everything belongs to God. God owns it all. Um, you might think that you own your car. Actually, no, God owns it. You might think you own your body. Actually, God created it. He owns it. You might think that you own your kids. Well, God created your kids too. I know that you played a pretty important role in that, but he ultimately created your kids. Your kids are not yours. They belong to God's. Who owns your house? The bank. But God owns the bank, so you see, he owns it all. And he has made you the manager of the things that he owns. And it's not a few things, it's a lot of things. Think about how many things that you own in your life. Relationships, um, pardon me, you don't own, but he's given you to manage. He, you've got relationships, you've got finances, you've got property or kids or your time, your body, all these things God has made you a manager over. And that's point number one. Point number two is that success in stewardship comes from action. Now, most of you know how this parable continues. The one that was given five bags of silver, he invests it and turns it into 10 bags. The one that's been given two bags of silver turns it into four. And the lazy guy that has the one bag of silver, he's actually afraid of his master and he's totally misjudged his master's character. And so he digs a hole in the ground and buries the silver because he's afraid of losing it. Now the master returns from his trip and he says to the first and second servant, the one with the five and the two bags, he says to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. Now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I just love the idea of celebrating with God. But success comes from action. The first and second servant, what they did is they took what God had given them, what the master had given them, and they went and they put some action behind it. They went and invested it or whatever they did, but they multiplied it. Now, as you read the passage, you notice that the master gives the exact same response to those first two servants. He says the exact same thing. And that puzzled me a little bit when I first read it because I thought, well, the, the one that had the five that turned it into 10, 10 is way more than four. You would think he would be more excited at that first servant. But the principle here is not the quantity. It's not the quantity that you increase. It's that you take what God has given you and you seize the opportunity that he's placed before you. That's the principle, is that you take action on the opportunity. And so he says to everybody who takes action, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not about the amount that you increase, it's just that you seize the opportunity. Now the flip side of that is that failure comes from inaction. See that servant that took the single bag and he buried it into the ground, he totally did not understand the character of his master. And so, the master has some pretty harsh words. He says, 
um, you wicked and lazy servant. And, and the servant says, I knew you were a harsh man and I was afraid to lose your money. So I hid it and look, here's your money back. Now this doesn't actually seem like that big of a deal. Like he didn't lose the master's money, right? We would think that if we made some bad choices and we screwed up and we lost the master's money or we lost whatever God has given us, that he's going to look at us and say, you wicked and lazy servant. But that's not the principle at all. The principle is that this guy didn't seize an opportunity. He didn't take action. He let fear hold him back. And so he just buried his treasure in the ground. So fear leads to inaction and inaction leads to failure, I think is the principle here. No, my son Jacob is um, just a little over two years old and my wife and I and him were at the park and as we we're leaving the park, there's these really huge sandstone boulders and one day Jake decided that he wanted to just climb up them and they're, they're quite large, probably a little bit too big for him. And as he was started to climb up, um, Brittany said, Jake, no, no, come down. Um, that's dangerous, I don't want you to hurt yourself just have the mothering instinct and I in the moment absolutely agree with her I was like yeah bro like you are going to hurt yourself come down but then I thought about it later and actually I realized that Jake doesn't belong to me you know I, I'm stewarding Jake on behalf of God God created him God loves him and so he's given Jake to me to take care of and what we do with Jake is really important. So we want to make sure that he's actually capable of handling this life. So the next day we went back to the park and I put him on the rocks and I thought, okay, he's going to learn how to climb and navigate across these rocks because as a good steward, I'm not going to let fear hinder Jacob's growth. And so I actually want to be there just in case he does slip up so that I can catch him. See, it's not about eliminating risk from your life. It's about having an appropriate amount of risk. And so with Jake, when I take him to the park, I want him to risk a little bit so that he can learn how to better use his body to navigate, you know, the obstacles at the park or the rocks. And I know that's maybe a little bit of a, a silly comparison, but the principle is that we do need to take a little bit of risk. We do need to get past fear and step out and seize the opportunities that God has given us. See, I don't own Jake. And if I was like that third servant, if I just dug a hole and buried Jake in the ground, I would absolutely fail as a steward. Also, I would probably spend the rest of my life in jail. So I'm definitely not going to do that. If you have kids, don't bury your kids in the backyard. That's just a little bonus tip for you there. And uh, moving on to my final point is that you already have all the resources that you need. If we look back at Matthew 25, verse 15, it says, He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities Then he left on his trip. The truth is that God has given you everything that you need to be successful as a steward right now. You can let go of all that fear. He's given you the resources, whether it's money, property, skills, talents, whatever. But he's also given you the right opportunities at the right time. You just have to take a step of faith. You have all the resources that you need to be successful. But if we allow our fear to stop us from taking some risks, some appropriate risks at the right time, we will never see the full legacy that God hopes that we will create with the resources that he's given us. I want us to try something really quick. Why don't you just close your eyes? 
I want you to imagine yourself at the end of your life and you're surrounded by your family. Maybe it's multiple generations of your family. You're surrounded by friends. You're surrounded by people from your church and you're surrounded by an entire legacy of things that you've created in this life, things that God gave you to steward, that you stewarded well. What does that look like? What does that look like? How many people have been changed um, by encountering you? How many people will live far better lives because of knowing you? You can open your eyes. And I, my challenge for you today is that you think on that a little bit more. You think about the potential for an incredible legacy that God has given you. And I challenge you to take one step towards seeing that legacy come true. Maybe it's just a small step. Maybe it's taking your kid and getting him to climb over some big sandstone blocks today. I don't know. Whatever it is, maybe take just a little bit of risk. And you don't have to do too much too quickly, but, but just take a step forward in attaining your legacy. You know, the world can be absolutely a different place because of you, because of the things that God has put in your life, because of the things, the resources, the skills, the abilities, the character, everything that God created you to be. He's given you that stuff so that you can leave an incredible legacy behind you after you leave this world. And on that final day of your life, I want you to be able to hear God say this to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's time to come home. And so the other thing that I really love about this passage, um, um, the parable of the talents, is that it's actually pointing to Jesus. It's reminding us that Jesus is on a trip right now, but that he is coming back one day. And I think that is so exciting that we actually have a hope, we actually have a future, and God has equipped us to do incredible things in the meantime. So bless you. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would go out and change your world today. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. And hey, happy Mother's Day. We've heard from two amazing testimonies of the power of legacy. But before we start, I just want to acknowledge the moms that may be watching today. Um, and you may be only holding on to a memory of your little one. Or for the moms that are hoping to be moms one day. I just want you guys to know that I'm thinking of you today and I wanna to wish you a happy Mother's Day. So let's dive in. I want us to recognize that you have the ability to carry on, to create or conclude a legacy. Today I want you to reflect on what legacy you have to carry on. Recognize a legacy. Recognize a legacy in your world or that you've been um, loving to adapt into your world from when you grew up, a legacy starts at a choice. So it's time to make a choice of how we're gonna carry on a legacy. When we recognize a legacy that we have carried on, we can recognize the fruit of it and the impact it's had on us. I love it in Psalm 78, four, it says, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. What have we carried on? The people in our world, our kids, our friends around us, need to hear of the, the God stories, of how God was faithful, how God healed, and how God provided. They need to hear about his glorious deeds and how he was there. I love hearing the stories of the past, and I love telling my sons the stories of how God provided for us, and especially my firstborn that we prayed prayers desperately wanting a child and when he came along and that God provided that. 
I love hearing the prayers that were prayed before God even provided. Don't be afraid of sharing the legacy of this journey God has brought you through. Moms, we need to hear your battles that you've overcome so us kids can rise up. But not only to the moms, to everyone here, we want to hear of God's glorious deeds. There is enough of the unknown out there that we need to have the security that God will come through for us. One of the legacies that I've recognized um, that has been passed down to me is that the table is for anyone and everyone is welcome. Growing up, the family table was my favorite time. We came together, um, we would share about our day. Some, some of the rules were we weren't allowed phones, um, we weren't allowed to answer the phone, you had to ring twice if you need to get a hold of us. Um, we argued, we forgave, but no one would be able to leave the table also unless everyone was done and everyone agreed. We had the opportunity as kids to meet people from all walks of lives, and sometimes we did devotions or reading of stories, which was amazing. I love the table. I love the family gatherings and as we came together, because the table to me is the coming together and the unity of, of people, of the family coming together. It's where I felt the most included, where my age hasn't mattered, where we got to serve strangers, where we got to create a place where people felt included from all different walks of lives. We had so many people over um, growing up, not only in our home, but I've seen it in my grandparents and my family that we include people and we want them to do life with us and we want to do life with them. Hospitality has been in my family line for ages. I don't know where it even began, but it's a legacy that I've held on to and I've so treasured. My grandpa um, in our hometown, he loved people and people knew that. They, he would drive around a van and pick them up and take them to coffee. They would drive around with him in the van. Um, they felt included and they felt loved on because he took the time to spend with them. And he was, he was inclusive and he served them. He wanted to do life with them. Hebrews 13 too, I love it. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. How cool is that? First Peter 4, 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Times are different now. I get that. So the table might not be where it's at. But we can still invite people into our world. We can do dinner parties over Zoom. Um, we can do picnics. We can do things outside or maybe you don't even have a table outside or what that looks like, we can still do life with people and invite them in. So I challenge you, how can you be hospitable to someone this week? How can you reach out to someone and show that they're loved on? First Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards, God's grace in its various forms. It says, use whatever gift you have received to serve others. How good is that? We get to serve others. We have all been shown selfless, generous acts through someone whose legacy can live on through us. We have the opportunity to serve others through our legacy. We have heard testimonies today of the power of legacy. So take a moment this Mother's Day to reflect on the question, what legacy can I carry on or what legacy can I start to create? Maybe today you want to start, start a legacy. 
the best example we have in who has shown us the selfless, generous act of legacy is in Jesus. Jesus has given us all the gifts we need, put all the tools in our hands to serve others. What gifts has God put in your family line or what gifts are you going to use to create legacy? He always has a seat at his table for you and the table is for anyone and everyone who is welcome. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.